Yeah, I'll just say, you know, my 2018, I broke my cardinal rule of never, never buy a first-year vehicle. And, well, you know, we had some issues. There was some, It was in the shop quite a bit once we got all that ironed out, and it's been pretty good. Hi-de-ho, Jeeper. I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear uh, Jeep owners talk about things like mud, rocks, tow rigs, and giant tires, and not get weird looks. Actually, you get some excited looks when you start talking about uh, tow rigs, especially from the (laughs) the 1960s. (laughs) So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have the sudden urge to go buy a Jeep and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. On tonight's episode, not very jeepy, but I think still interesting, Polaris hits $50,000. That's not income. That's the price of a Polaris side-by-side. Not even something you can drive on the street in most states. And Larry joins us this week. And uh, Larry, what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about getting this... Getting starting welding. Oh, good. I like that. That's something that I find very interesting. Uh, may not have the room or the 220-volt plug necessary, uh, at least what I think is necessary, but uh, still interested in it. And in our must-have Jeep uh, stuff for your Jeep, magnets. <laughs> I like magnets. <laughs> magnets are fun. <laughs> are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with host. Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. You know, Larry, in our uh, our last flagship episode on uh, Tuesday, I mentioned exclusive content on our Patreon for our Patreon subscribers. If you don't know what Patreon is, because I've had a few people go, what is Patreon? Patreon is kind of a way that allows artists, uh, and I guess we could loosely be considered artists here doing the Jeep Talk Show, uh, where artists can uh, connect with the listeners or the, the people that view their stuff uh, and uh, collect uh, some a little a little income, a little bit of a reason to keep providing the content. And we certainly wouldn't expect you to become a Patreon subscriber and give us money if you don't find something that's entertaining or informative about our content. Now, we've been doing this for a long time. And if you're a regular listener, and maybe you've been a regular listener for years, this is your opportunity to say, Thank you. I really appreciate all this stuff that you guys have been doing. And there's been many people involved with this uh, this show over the years. Uh, Larry, our most recent individual. And Larry, if I hadn't already mentioned this enough to you, thank you so much for wanting to be a part of this. Glad to be here. But don't forget for uh, the Patreon subscribers, it's also a way for them to save money. Very true, because they we have discount codes, and uh, yeah, and uh, if we get your credit card number, we promise we won't use it. That saves you money. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't get your credit card number. I'm just saying that to uh, you know encourage you to become a subscriber, so <laughs> you can get ad free content, uh, early access, uh, and uh, discount codes, a Jeep Talk Show sticker, and now more than ever, exclusive content. One of the things that you can find over on uh, our Patreon right now is uh, the uh, interview that I did with Josh. Just an update. Uh, Josh used to be a co-host here on the show, still part of the team, but he had to go off and uh, find ways of making additional income so that he could continue to, 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 you know, to live day by day, and he just doesn't have enough time to be a volunteer for the show. He, I mean, God, he was a volunteer for the show for, what was it, 10, 11 years of the 13 years, maybe 12 years of the 13 years that we've been doing this. And uh, he he just couldn't uh, couldn't do it can't do it anymore. So if you uh, if you've been listening for a while and you miss Josh, well, one of the th- ways you can get Josh back is to help make us profitable so that we can uh, have a reason to to do just this uh, as a living. Or if not just this, uh, it will help augment uh, our, uh, our 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 money so that I mean Josh has a is getting a part time job right now because he just has to have a, a little extra income. He has a regular job. So just keep that in mind. I don't like telling people the Jeep Talk Show could go away, but you never know what's going to happen financially. So if it's important to you to have the Jeep Talk Show available for you to listen, you might want to consider becoming a paid subscriber at uh, Patreon. Uh, And you can find out uh, how to get that by going to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You'll see right there where you can uh, 
uh, click a link and become a Patreon subscriber. Oh, and I want to remind you guys, we have a new episode, a fifth weekly episode, and this is going to happen uh, at least in the beginning uh, every other week. I believe uh, next week we will have a Monday episode for Chick Chat, uh, and the and the Chick Chat episode is uh, women centric. It, it's not we're no we're not banning men, but the hosts uh, Julianne from Wrangle Her and Wendy uh, from uh, Trails Four One One, and right here from uh, the Jeep Talk Show are the uh, the host for that uh, that episode and it is women centric so you'll be hearing uh, lots of great things for women if you want to get the woman in your life uh, did I say woman I don't want to say women because that would just be, get some people in trouble uh, if you want to get the woman in your life uh, on board with uh, going off road maybe uh, getting her involved uh, with her own jeep or driving uh, the jeep that you guys both have uh, this is a great way of uh, showing her that uh, there are women involved in this sport, and they can be too. Yeah, that was good. That was a good interview they did with uh, Chelsea from Trail Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they said Trail Hunter, not Hunter, like I did <laughs> when I interviewed. Hence yeah, the pumpkin orange uh, Jeep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm Larry, and I work for a large black lab. <laughs> Fortunately, he works for snacks. <laughs> yeah. All right, as mentioned at the top of the show, Polaris hits $50,000. Larry, you know what a Polaris is? Yeah, I know what a Polaris is, and I don't know what $50,000 is. And oh it's, uh, those two God. shouldn't go together. You know, that's Jeep prices. I mean, it really is. I didn't pay that much for the Gladiator. It, it, it just boggles my mind what am i missing here i mean uh, i remember josh would say yeah but it's not it, your gladiator is not that small nimble and fast is is small nimble and fast important for fifty thousand dollars i mean is it that important well i guess it's where it depends on where you're taking if you're taking it beating on the rocks non-stop you know that that polaris are probably more suited to live through that but yeah that's uh that's a lot of money for a side-by-side and and this thing requires a tow rig we we talked about that in our tuesday episode you're not going places with this thing unless you have a tow rig or or you just got to get there very fast (laughs) (laughs) you gotta be faster and have a radio jammer for the police that are chasing you absolutely (laughs) what's showing in the show notes is a nice looking rig but everything's going up nowadays so it's uh it's not really surprising either Right. Well, I mean, uh, so this, I, I think the, the basic price for the, what is it, TLDRZR, which is Razor Pro R, uh, is $44,999. So they always have to do that crap. Why isn't, I, then you know there's a dot nine nine on the end of that and 99 cents. Um, it's a four-seater and, uh, oh, uh Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a four-seater. That's the Pro 2. And four-seaters are $49,999. And uh, and this is interesting, too. I don't know what this is because I don't really follow this stuff very much. Uh, The Baby Razor 200 is $7,499. I think that is a lot of money, but it's a damn sight better than the $50,000 for these other two. Yeah, but I may not fit in a Baby Razor. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound like it, at least. <laughs> it just that just sounds dangerous. That just sounds like something that shouldn't be around a baby. So, uh, approximately one thousand of each model will be made available wor- worldwide. I get the feeling that this is like a special edition, or maybe they've got somebody that's uh, doing the the logos or the designs or or whatever. I mean, it does come with a light bar. Uh, I don't think there's any lockers though. Yeah, I would sure hope so for that price. I would think all the bells and whistles are there, but. Well, maybe that's a sixty thousand dollar version. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I, I I'm not against driving something like this. I, I did that one year when I went to SEMA. Uh, a friend of mine and I we actually went out, and uh, he and his wife and uh, me and my wife uh, we both uh, uh, rented uh, razors. The, the and then I was in a four seater. Uh, with my wife, and then I think that was they had a little more horsepower uh, for that one, and it was a lot of fun uh, out there riding on the beach. Uh, we never could find the water, but uh, the beach was he was huge, <laughs> and uh, it was fun going up and over things. And uh, it's not it's not nothing but fun. 
Uh, but well, I'm uh, sure they're a blast. Oh yeah, but uh, just the idea uh, of uh, having to—I mean, uh, I don't know. There's guys that buy motor motorcycles, but you know, with a motorcycle, I mean, even on the Gladiator, there's a, a little uh, section uh, where you can tie the motorcycle down, and there's a little uh, indentation in the front of the bed that has a tread pattern indicating where the tire goes. I mean, it's not necessary; it's just there for looks. Uh, but they even thought about, you know, you can uh, uh, take your motorcycle out to where you're going to, your off-road motorcycle out where you're going to take it off-road in the back of the Gladiator. And, and that kind of makes more sense to me. But, but man, these 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 rigs, they, they need to have, they don't have to have a, you know, 30-foot-long uh, trailer or anything, but you do have to have some sort of trailer to, to tow it. You're not going to be flat-towing these things. No, you wouldn't think so. But, you know, we all love our toys, so that's just an extension of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the jet skis were a big thing. I remember back when I was in my twenties and stuff. I'd, you'd see people with jet skis, and it probably had something to do a bit about being in the in Southeast Texas and close to a lot of waterways. Uh, the jet skis I thought were really cool, and there was no way you were getting a jet ski uh, from your house uh, to a waterway without a trailer. Uh, but uh, those were kind of like dedicated trailers, and those were really cool. Right. I think that would have been a lot of fun. You know, I've never I've never been on a jet ski. I think that would be a lot of fun. Looks like it. Never been on one either. Yeah, uh, or skiing. So, um, fat boy skiing uh, and ultra white would uh, be a danger to uh, <laughs> low flying aircraft. <laughs> yeah, all I see, all I see is knee injury. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's probably not a good idea these days. It's back in, you know, when you're in your twenties where you can da- damage the cartilage in your knees. Is the best time to do that. So anyway, uh, nothing against you guys that are side by side lovers. Uh, you know, more power to you, but. My God, I don't know where you come up with the money. Uh, must be drug deals. Well, you can finance anything nowadays. So, according to MotorOne.com, the 2024 Gladiator was recently spotted. And you know how they cover the, the, the vehicles with this kind of weird boxy-looking camouflage where it's hard to tell you know, what's underneath? It's kind of like uh, fat guys in big shirts. Yeah, don't look under here. <laughs> they did not have that. There was no camouflage on the Gladiator, the 2024 Gladiator. And I think that means that you don't shouldn't expect a lot of changes on the outside. Well, I mean, you think about it. If you're trying to hide something, the, the easiest way to spot it is to put all the stuff on the outside. If you didn't do any of that... You'd probably just drive around, and most people would never know. Yeah, may look at it and go, well, it's a gladiator. I recognize that. So um, it, it appears that uh, they're going to be doing, and this is all, mm, I, I, this isn't 100%. So this is just what we know right now. It appears that the gladiator is going to kind of go the way of the 2024 Wrangler, where the modifications are uh, like uh, underneath uh, or mechanical and uh, inside as far as uh, the styling goes. And it makes a lot of sense since the, the at least the, the cab portion and a lot of the mechanical stuff on the Gladiator is uh, exactly what you, you can get on the Wrangler. Yeah, what I'm really interested in is that full float rear end. I really want to see how that works out because typically you got to jump up to uh, like a one-ton full float and I'd like to see how I'd like to see the breakdown on that. See how they handle that axle. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something that is coming out for the uh, the 2024 Wrangler Rubicon Edition. Uh, but uh, and we don't know, but we suspect that the same will be true for the Rubicon Gladiator Edition. Although we won't know uh, well until they release the information. But yeah, Dana 44 heavy duty full float rear axle on uh, Rubicon trims. So hopefully that's going to show up on the Gladiator. And another thing that we hope is going to show up, we, we mentioned in our Tuesday episode, the 12.3-inch center screen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, on episode uh, 839. So we think that's going to happen too. And again, it it's just the Wrangler interior, so it seems like that would be the best way to go. I mean, if you've got uh, everything set up on the line to put together the Wrangler, it seems like it would be a lot simpler to do the same thing for the Gladiator, wouldn't it? Yeah, you get your trails off-road running on there when you're overlanding. and yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to have that. I mean, could you imagine the size of the map? I mean, even if you're uh, to the age where you need uh, some uh, cheater glasses, some reading glasses, uh, you might be, might be able to make it big enough on that uh, 12.3 to not have to have reading glasses. 
Yeah, I mean, it's all there. You might as well take full advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, I really like the, uh, the the Gladiator I have, but damn it, why do they have to make things like that, especially the screen size? Because that's something that just directly affects you. Uh, you know, it's just very notable. I, I went ahead and went with the 8.4 because uh, I think the one I was in had a 7-inch screen, and it just right. wasn't the same. Uh, it just, you know, I just couldn't. The 8.4 made a big difference to me, and I went ahead and spent that extra thousand or whatever it was. There was there was more things than just the screen, uh, per, uh, better audio system, uh, so on and so forth. Because you know you have to have a a really good audio system to listen to podcasts. <laughs> well, some of us are only on a seven inch screen. Are you? Yeah. So I mean, oh, there's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, that uh, uh, and I'm uh, and unfortunately I've, uh, I've heard this before that extra inch and a quarter makes uh, makes a big difference. So I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, now I don't know. I may be asking the wrong person about the Jeep Wrangler uh, reliability. But have you found that your Jeep Wrangler is a is not reliable at all? I mean, you've you've had it. Uh, you have a 2018. How long have you had it though? Uh, since 20, I bought it late 2018. Okay, it so was you, one of the first. So you've had it a few years. Uh, recently, a Jeep Wrangler owner uh, finds re- reliability not so bad after four years. I mean, not so bad, really. Is is a Jeep? Does anybody consider Jeeps not reliable? Well, I think it depends on what he's doing with it, too. I mean, if you're just driving around on it, I would think it'd be very, very reliable. But a lot of us take them out and beat on them, and then, well, some things are going to happen now and then. Mm -hmm. That's all part of it. Or put aftermarket stuff on that breaks. Well, there might be that, too. (laughs) So, Jeep uh, has ranked right in the bang middle of the latest initial quality study published by J.T. Power. Uh, which analyzes the reliability, easy for me to say, of brand new cars, but an urban legend says that companies' latest models are nowhere near as reliable as one might expect. Now, you know, the XJ that I had for 25 years, I I did a lot of things to it. I had to, uh, I mean, almost, um, it was almost a yearly thing of replacing the water pump. Uh, The radiator had to be replaced at least every three years, but that was more of a silting thing than anything else. Right. Well, I get remember, you know, they're not Camaros or, you know, any of the Priuses or any of those. Mm-hmm. We're not just driving these things. We're taking them out on the trail in the rougher areas. If you were to take a regular vehicle and take it to the areas that we take our Jeeps, I guarantee that they would fall apart a lot faster. I mean, water pumps don't last forever. Um, no. And and the, the and when you replace the factory one with a uh, aftermarket, they, those those never last as long as the factory ones. Right. At least that's what yeah. I found. So, uh, but uh, it, it's it's not a super dip- difficult job. I think the water pumps were like uh, uh, thirty under forty dollars, uh, and uh, I mean, uh, I, there for a while I was doing them yearly, annually. Uh, but uh, that uh, that changed, and uh, I think one of the tricks is also to finding out. Uh, things that you need to replace, not just the water pump, but some of like the hoses and a few other things, uh, maybe even the radiator, depending on that that three-year cycle. And you don't have to do it after three years, but you you kind of notice it after a while that you start having some uh, some cooling issues. You know, one of the yeah. things that I got, not part of this story, but one of the things I got that really helped me out with the XJ was a, uh, a, a coolant uh, engine coolant pressure testing system. So you put the you know put the cap on, take the radiator cap off, put this uh, pressure testing system thing on on there, and then hand pump uh, the pressure up to sixteen psi, and then uh, see if it holds the pressure. Because okay. it, you get, if the system and the XJ four point is sixteen psi, I think the Wrangler four point is eighteen psi. Uh, so you need to know exactly the vehicle that you have, what the pressure for the system should be. So. Once you pump it up to that thing, if it holds the pressure for a good long while, then uh, you know that your uh, your cooling system is uh, is holding it. Because if it doesn't hold the pressure, it's not going to hold the temp because uh, it, right. it's just going to allow the, the temp to go higher and uh, not stay down where it needs to be. And on a couple of occasions when I noticed that it was running hot uh, or hotter, not hot, but running hotter than what I, what I normally expected, I'd pump it up, and then there would be a, a hose that was leaking. 
And I'm not talking about it had a, a hole or a tear in it. It was where the uh, the the clamp was clamped down. It was usually the heater hose, one of the heater hoses, okay. and it would just barely drip a little water. And with the engine off and, and pressuring up that, that cooling system, uh, you could actually hear it. So it was a, a really handy tool, and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and also, too, I used those, what are those hose clamps, the, the stainless steel ones, the, the right. good ones, not just the clampy things that come from the factory. So I was really surprised uh, that, uh, that I ever had a leak on those things, but it happened a couple of times. So Oh, and it can also show you when you have a, a water pump issue, because uh, you can get stuff coming out of that weep hole uh, when you put it under pressure. Yeah, and you know that's part of that's part of making any of these vehicles last. Is if you got to do the maintenance and keep up with it, you're not going to be able to get in them and just drive them forever and not expect anything. So if you're not doing a normal maintenance on them, eventually you're going to have to, and it's probably not on your terms at least. Right, uh, which would be never. I just want to get in it and go. Um, right, going back to the whole EV thing, I think people will really like the reliability of those uh, because there's so many things that. Uh, aren't on those systems, uh, on those vehicle systems that are necessary for the internal combustion. Uh, the EVs are, are, are uh, potentially, I mean, you can make anything complex. Uh, I mean, if the German engineers get a hold of it, it's definitely going to be complex. But it doesn't have to be. So the simpler it is, uh, the easier it should be to maintain. And also, too, you don't have so many... Um, uh, temperature cycles, heat cycles, heat and cooling cycles, which has the tendency to wear things out as well. And and you you can agree or disagree. I mean, feel free. I mean, I may be wrong about that, but I think that the the temp cycles uh, cause a lot of uh, uh, damage along the way. Yeah, I just think the biggest part about the EV is is just us as users will have to get get used to working on them and maintaining them because it's not in our normal cycle, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, the 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 owner that found uh, the <laughs> the Wrangler reliability not so bad uh, was was afraid uh, that it would uh, constantly be on the shop floor. I think that's the good thing. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we work on our own vehicles as Jeep owners is because we don't uh, we don't want to be away from our Jeep. We we need it for moving around to traveling uh, from where we need to go. And uh, yeah, I would I would be concerned about having it in the shop uh, too much, uh, but uh, and I and I really I guess if I hadn't been changing the water pumps myself, it really would have been a big issue. Uh, why to have this thing in the shop again? Yeah, I'll just say you know my 2018, I broke my cardinal rule of never never buy a first year vehicle. And well, you know we had some issues. There was it was in the shop quite a bit once we got all that ironed out. And it's been pretty good. Oh, and this is interesting. This uh, this gentleman that was concerned about the the Wrangler being on the shop floor more than it would be uh, off uh, uh, on the on the road. Uh, he's his wife made the decision, and uh, they got the 2018 uh, Wrangler JL Unlimited. So the same thing that you have, uh, Larry, except this one was oh, yeah. bright orange. And I say kudos for her. <laughs> Dreamsicle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, white interior that'd be perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> for the dream yeah, that thing. wouldn't last long. No, 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 no. But it would look cool. So, um, the American Off Roader uh, was built in twenty October twenty eighteen, but sat in the dealer lot until September twenty nineteen. Uh, became apparent uh, apparently nobody wanted the Jeep uh, that could be seen by a satellite in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Jeep should be bright colors. Uh, so the vehicle ended up in the hands of uh, the, uh, the this gentleman's uh, wife, who has been using it using it without major issues for over forty thousand miles, uh, putting about ten thousand miles on the odometer every year on average. Yeah, forty thousand. That's just a good year of driving. Yeah, that's right. So, oh yeah, for you. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't. I just. I, I mean, I, I, I brought this story because I do. I don't feel that Jeeps are unreliable. I mean, is there something more reliable out there? Yeah, but uh, like I say, you know, if you want to be one of the cool kids, there's certain things you have to put up with, and one of those things is uh, driving a, a non aerodynamic brick. And paying a little extra money uh, for the fuel that you have to put in it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty sporty logo Lego block. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So the last show 
we talked a little bit about welding hoods and uh, some of the gear that you need if you want to weld. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little, uh, a little bit about some of the things that you'll need if you want to do a little MIG and stick welding. And some of these you'll be able to use them for other types of welding as well with just changing a couple of very small things. So the, the key to this whole thing is going to be comfort. Because I found that when you're trying to weld, if you're not comfortable, it's not going to be a good weld. I was just going to say, a, I bet you the weld will suffer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's times you're going to be stuck in a weird position. And if you're, uh, I'll just say, if you're trying to weld in a very tight pair of shoes and tight pants, that's going to be a bad day. <laughs> right? Not a good time for beach wear. Let me just put it oh, that way. Oh, gosh. It's like cooking bacon. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, if you can't, you can't get some of the welding gear, you know, cotton clothes, jeans, that kind of thing is uh, definitely a plus. But I would always try to go for some of the more fire-resistant clothing because you'd be surprised how many times I've seen someone get lit up because they're wearing polyester. And when it melts, it sticks to you. I was just going to say, I bet you that does melt. Uh, Larry, oh, do, you, yeah. do you have your garage where you do your welding? Do you, uh, the, I, I say your welding, I'm sure you weld more than just inside the garage, but in your videos, you, you weld inside the garage. Do you have an air conditioner or do you just uh, man man through it and uh, wear the, the heavy stuff? And uh, do you have a fan blowing on you or anything? Well, the, I have a portable a, a wall unit that I'll put in there, but that usually gets it from 100 down to 90. <laughs> So it's, yeah, it's, and it's only a couple months out of the year where it's really unbearable and you really got to watch fans, right? Fans can be your enemy depending on what, what type of welding you're, you're doing. I thought about that right after I said it, I'm learning a little bit here. So I thought about that because if you, if you're using a shielding uh, gas, uh, you can blow it away, right? Well, and that's the advantages of flux core welding. You don't have to worry about that. So there's multiple types of welding. And uh, if you're welding outside, uh, flux core is more of your friend than, uh, than a hard wire with gas. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the gear that you're going to need because no matter what type of welding you want to do, you want to be safe and you want to be able to do it re- repeatedly, safely, and uh, you know, put your best weld forward, if you will. So we're going to start with uh, welding hoods. Now we've all seen that uh, that mask with the little black lens in it that our dads and our granddads had. And those work great if you have a little bit of experience. But if you don't have much experience, those can be your worst nemesis as well. And I know Wendy was talking the other day about she was getting ready to do a little uh, welding with one of the women's group. And uh, if you're just starting, I would always suggest starting out with an auto darkening hood and that allows you to see what you're getting ready to weld up to the point to where you strike the arc and then it instantly darkens versus that little bitty that little hood with a little glass you have to flip down at the last second and uh i'll just say that's a very tough way to start i don't know if you ever if you ever used any kind of a welding hood or anything like that tony no, I have never. Yeah, it's a it's it's a tough way to go, and once you get used to it, you don't have to worry about batteries anymore. But yeah, to start, it's tough. And you're looking for a for an auto darkening hood that has a number eight to number twelve shade, and what the shade is is how dark it gets, because depending on what type of welding you're doing. And how much amperage or voltage you're using, it'll get brighter. And you want to be able to, you don't want to walk around the rest of the day with that little blue light in your eyes after you take the helmet off. I hear it's very painful or can be if you burn uh, inside of your eyes. Yeah, so really just imagine it's a a flash burn. So if you were to take a big old handful of sand and throw it in your eyes, that's that's about how it feels, right, until Mm -hmm. that heals up. So that's... It can be quite brutal if uh, you're getting flash burned. Quick, so most of your... I'm sorry, quick your, question about the auto darkening. 
Okay. Um, I, I did not know that you had to have batteries uh, for that to work. That's uh, that's interesting thing to me. So does it? Do the batteries make it light or to make it dark? In other words, when the batteries go out, could you potentially get flash burn because you didn't change the batteries? It's possible. Yeah. Now they do make some that has a solar strip in them, and it's actually using the uh, the UV light off the bead to keep everything charged. It doesn't have a battery per se. It's all runs off a little solar panel on the front of the oh, hood. Oh, of course. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have one of those hoods. I particularly don't care for it. But, you know, it, it's like everything else. There's a gadget for everything. And, you know, it's it's not a bad one. It's just all, all in what you get used to. And then some of your hoods they'll actually double up as a grinding shield. So there's going to be times when you're going to have to weld and you're going to have to grind. And some of them have, a, it looks like it's just a button on the side that says grind. And it makes it totally clear. <laughs> so you can do your work. You got a face shield built in. Yeah. And then when you're ready, you hit weld and you go right back to work. And, it, you know, they're, they're really nice new feature on a lot of the new welding hoods. So I'll say that uh, a welding hood is one of those things that you need to try to, I'm going to say max out the budget, if you will, because your welding hoods are one of those things that you're not going to be, you're not going to be, you know, exchanging it, or I need one for this and one for that. It'll cover all your welds. It really is really one of your buy once, cry once type devices. Now. Uh, your hood prices that I see out there, and it's a pretty big range, anywhere from, I'm going to say, around 50 to about $750. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize oh, yeah. they were as low as 50 Well, I, I've seen them at, like, Harbor Freight and stuff like that. You can catch them in there for, you know, in that real low price. It just depends on where you go. But what I find, it, it's amazing on some of the some of the hoods, when you're looking at it, it's almost like looking at that weld in uh, HD. You, you can see in a good hood, you can watch that little molten pool as you're working it. And it's, it shows up in your weld real fast. It's amazing when you see what, what you can see in a good hood versus, I'll say, just a, an average hood. Right? But you got to pay for that. But the big thing is buy the maximum amount of hood that you can. And we'll come back to that. We'll talk about that hood here towards the end of this because there's, there's a few tips I've got for you. And the next part of this is welding jackets. It's always good to have some kind of fire retardant jacket when you wear because, well, we talked about that. Clothes melt, clothes burn, and that fire retardant jacket can be a lifesaver. And they make two types. One's a cloth with retardant, and another one is a, a set of leathers. And the leathers work great, but they're really, really hot. And I wear kind of a hybrid where it's got leather sleeves and the lower half of the front is leather so that when I'm grinding, it's not burning a hole in the, in the welding jacket because sparks will burn through it. So, and that's the next thing I would imagine, especially down by where you live, Tony, you know, wearing a set of leathers in a hundred degree plus weather, especially if you're outside, it would be a, uh, it can make for an interesting day. Literally sweating your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you got your gloves. And, you know, the gloves are a big one because I've seen a lot of people who want to wear, you know, your gardening gloves out there. And, you know, your gloves really don't cost much more than a, a set of, you know, working gloves, if you will. And the first couple times you go to grab something hot and you realize that either they're not insulated <laughs> or when you're welding the back of your hands feels like it's melting. You know, a good set of gloves are, are worth their weight. And you can buy a really nice set of welding gloves, you know, in that $20 range. And they'll last you a very, very long time. And usually if you're stick welding or MIG welding, it'll take the same glove. You'll get a different glove if you want a TIG weld. And we'll get into the TIG weld and MIG weld more in later episodes. But a good set of gloves will uh, will do you really good to be able to control the weld, 
because you're comfortable. You know, it always goes back to that. And then what's nice for the ladies out there is they're starting to make some of this gear for women because for years, the women were always forced to wear the men's gear. Well, we all know we're not made the same and it doesn't fit the same. Right. And so now the you know, ladies can go out and buy this stuff in the sizes and the colors that they want. And, uh, and they can be a little more comfortable through it as well. And then if you're wearing glasses, I wear, I wear glasses, but when I weld, I wear reading glasses. And I find that that works so much better. I get some magnification. Now, you can buy welding hoods with magnification, but I find it so much easier just to put a set of reading glasses on. Because one thing I have found with reading glasses is that if you buy the blue blockers, it actually helps see the weld a little bit better. And then... The last one is when you're welding, there's a lot of fumes and gases that come off. I know a lot of people don't like wearing a respirator when they weld or really didn't think about wearing a respirator when they weld. But I've changed out enough filters in the ones I wear and I see all the stuff that goes through those through those respirator filters and it's nasty. Right? So something is going to filter that air. It's either going to be your lungs or it's going to be that filter. And then if you're, and then if it's, if it's like a flux core or something like that, flux core gives off a ton of smoke and a ton of gas. So you're definitely going to want that, that filter for that. And then if you get into something like stainless steel, some steels give off very toxic gases. So you'll have to get a, a different kind of filter for that. But that's more of an advanced weld. But it would be good for you to get started getting used to the respirator. Because obviously it's all about safety. But one of the biggest things of this whole thing is find yourself a weld supply in your area. And you can go in there and they can help fit you for the helmet, the gloves, the jacket, all that stuff. And that way you're not buying it on Amazon because if if this is especially your first time, you're buying blind. And if you go into that supply house, build that relationship, they'll help you get, get the gear you need and uh, get you set off on the right foot. How would you go about uh, searching for a weld supply? Would you actually type in weld supply? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just type in welding supply because depending on what kind of welding you're going to do, you might have to buy gas anyway, and you're going to need a weld supplier, uh, you know, weld supply house for that. And most of those guys are just, they're willing to help you walk in and say, look, I'm kind of new. And, you know, most of those guys are willing to help, and they've got all the different hoods and gloves and jackets there. You can try some of those on and see what fits you the best. And that way you that way you kind of also get your best foot forward right out of the gate versus trying to fight the gear and trying to learn something new. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could see you'd be really far ahead if you had the right stuff to work with because it can be oh, kind of confusing as to why you're not getting the results or why is this so difficult. And it very well could be uh, that you just don't have the right equipment uh, to start off that, that makes things simple. Um, on the weld supply, um, I mean, I could type in weld supply. This is one of the problems I've had here in my location. Uh, I can type in weld supply, and it's almost like I'm concerned that I'm going to get something that, uh, I mean, if it's Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that, I know that's a big box store, and I don't anticipate anybody really being there that can help me. Uh, going, right. going back to the Ron Swanson, I know more than you, and I know nothing about welding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like uh, it, uh, like I, I remember the old um, uh, feed and hardware store that was uh, close to uh, my uh, my parents' home, and it was just a real. You could just tell it was the place that you went where real people went to buy stuff. I mean, they had uh, baby chicks in a big uh, big thing that you could buy baby chicks for your you know chickens for your yard and stuff. It right. was just a, a feed and hardware store, and I don't see any of that anymore. Um, they used to have a uh, uh, something similar to that uh, here in Katy, and uh, it was a really cool place to go. Uh, and it was uh, just uh, it just had that that feed and hardware store uh, feel to it. 
Uh, and, and now they've changed it. They've moved and changed it, and it's now an Ace Hardware store, and it's much more like a big box store. So this is kind of my this is kind of my my problem with um, finding a welding uh, a welding place. Is you know, it's almost like yeah, I feel like I have to see it before I can tell if it's the right place or not. Am, am I off base on this or? Uh, it, it, no, does that you're hundred percent right because if you look for welding supply here. The Lowe's and that will come up because they sell Lincoln Electric stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you look up for welding gas suppliers. Oh, that's a good idea. That might narrow it down. I know in, in a lot of areas, uh, places like CK, Prax Air, some of those are national brands. But there's, you know, I don't want to say that's the only places because there's a lot of smaller shops out there that will really give you some tailored help at really not additional cost so maybe if you type in a gas supplier or something like that that'll that'll help you know give you some more options Mm -hmm. and if taco bell comes up it's the wrong kind of gas (laughs) (laughs) depends what depends what time of the day it is that's right (laughs) so yeah i mean this is kind of the problems that i've had is finding uh finding a place well uh, I'm adjacent to Houston, so you can definitely find a lot of welding stuff in Houston, and I think that you can find stuff that's not big box stores. Uh, but, right. But then again, you have to drive into Houston, and I hate driving into Houston. It's such a pain in the ass. Can you imagine like being in New York or Chicago and trying to do this stuff? Yeah, I wouldn't think there's a whole lot of that there. Yeah, and if there I, is, you might, who knows? You might have to find someone that can help you so you can mail order it. <laughs> exactly. So, well, we're going to try to help people here with your series as far as uh, what to buy. And uh, I don't know, Larry, maybe uh, maybe you can have a look at, uh, and, and if you're just against buying anything off Amazon, I certainly understand. But maybe you can uh, help be a guide and, uh, and look at Amazon and see what you think might be passable. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, for proper gear. Uh, I mean, it's great to uh, it's great to get people over and talking to other people uh, about what they need to buy, and I think that's a great way to go. But uh, some people like myself are, are find a hard time getting that done. They finding the place and taking the time to drive over and look and see if it's the type place I'm talking about. You know, so uh, consider that. Yeah, so we've done a couple of those series on our YouTube channel, Jeeping Mo. So you can always go out there and look at. We've mapped out some of this gear on there as well, so that it would Perfect. be a resource if you can't find something. Check out our channel and some of those videos to help guide you on that. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I like to remind everybody that the Toledo Jeep Fest is coming up. I made it last year. I haven't confirmed yet if I'm going this year. I'm really going to try to make it. Uh, I went last year and met Chris, and it was very disappointing for him, of course. Uh, I thought he was a lot taller than what he was. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that you should never brush your teeth with your left hand. You should always use a toothbrush. How do you know the toothbrush was invented in North Carolina? Because it was invented anywhere else, it would be called a teeth brush. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I'm glad he mentioned that uh, Toledo Jeep Fest. Uh, Chris is definitely going to be at Toledo Jeep Fest. He was there last year. He was sporting the uh, the red Jeep Talk Show uh, polo shirt and the the red Jeep Talk Show hat uh, there, and. Uh, uh, and Julianne was probably there last year as well, but I know Julianne from Wrangler, her uh, and uh, Chick Chat will be there uh, this year, and uh, uh, we're still working out the the details as far as where the uh, the booth or whatever it is that uh, Julianne has is uh, going to be for Wrangler, her and uh, it, it, at least during a certain time frame, Chris is going to be hanging out there as well, so you'll be able to to swing by and meet uh, Julianne and Chris uh, from uh, the Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, it ought to be a good show. 
Yes, uh, another place I'd like to go to, and uh, we get enough Patreon subscribers, I'll uh, I may be able to do that in the future because I'd love to go to these things. I think it would just be so much fun. Uh, it would, and the Jeep Talk Show is getting pretty well known out there these days, so it makes it even more fun because I can say, uh, you know, wear something that says Jeep Talk Show or say I'm with the Jeep Talk Show, and people go, oh yeah, you know, it's not like who, what. What's that? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, if you're going to be out there, stop and say hi to Duke and I as well. Oh, good. Excellent. I didn't know. I wasn't sure if you were one or not. You're getting to be like uh, Julianne. You go to everything. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if that whole statement works. But <laughs> <laughs> You're going to more things than me. Hey, we're excited to announce that in our next interview episode tomorrow, Friday, we'll be featuring a special guest interview with Justin Murray of Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Club Invasion. Another one you're going to be going to, right, Larry? Or planning on it? You're not planning on sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, this must-have stuff for your Jeep uh, magnets. Now, uh, I got these magnets, and I I can't remember if uh, if Bill actually clued me in on these or not, but uh, Bill. Jeep Talk Show team member, uh, he actually screwed up a lot of us because he got he, t- he took off his uh, what was it not Prime? Uh, I figured there's a there's a, a some rock lights that are very popular. It begins with oh, a P. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he took those off and put on the uh, KC Cyclone version two lights because they're so much damn brighter. And the cool thing about these things are they have a little hole in the middle where you stick the bolt or whatever it is that you're going to use to mount these things and uh, that hole is uh, a perfect place to put magnets i think kc actually builds these little uh, or sells little magnets but of course they're expensive because they're kc and uh, i found a set uh, online uh, amazon actually that work perfect uh, for the uh, the kc cyclone v2s and uh, they, I mean, they've got, uh, they're covered in like uh, plastic or rubber, kind of a rubbery substance. So it'll keep from scratching uh, your vehicle. Now, if you're putting these things up underneath, you're not so much worried about scratching it. But I found out today, there's actually more things you can do with these things than just mount KC lights on the uh, metal of the, the steel portion. Because you got to be careful with the, the, the new vehicles because sometimes it's magnesium or aluminum or a combination of both those things. So um, the uh, the I didn't have any problem finding places to to mount the uh, the lights underneath. I think I've got a total of six of them, uh, seven actually, and uh, two of them are actually uh, literally bolted in, uh, bolted onto the frame. The rest of them are all magnets. And this has been tested on Metal Masher and uh, Hell's Revenge. <laughs> Hell, Hell's Revenge wasn't so bad, but, but Metal Masher, there was lots of uh, dropping and hitting the frame and bouncing around. And you guys all like your rock lights, that's for sure. Yeah, and I haven't, we didn't get to use them at the third annual uh, Jeep Talk Show event. I think everybody was tired after a long, hot day of, uh, of wheeling. But I was looking forward to the night wheeling, but we didn't do it. It's all right. We had a good time. So these um, Uber <laughs> magnets, four-pack, I think they're a little expensive, but they are super strong uh, neodymium, neodymium uh, magnets, and they're rubber-coated. Uh, they have a uh, M6 male thread, and again, super strong, which you want, especially when you're uh, trying to mount uh, $32 a piece uh, lights uh, underneath your vehicle. And I got uh, I actually bought uh, two sets of these things. They're they are sixteen dollars and sixty nine cents for a set of four. Uh, they do there are more of these available on Amazon, uh, but uh, these are the ones I used, and I can say they they work very very well. Now, what I found about out about these things today when I was looking them up to talk about them on the the, the show here is you could use them for more than just mounting a light. Of course you can, right? Uh, you, right. Could, you could use them on the refrigerator. No, 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 no. You can actually take um, camera mounts and screw them into these magnets. And as long as you have a magnetic surface on your Jeep or any vehicle, you can actually mount your GoPro or whatever uh, on these uh, these mounts using these this magnetic thing. So what a great opportunity for all you YouTubers out there to uh, easily and, and not scratch the paint 
because they're rubber coated, move your camera around. And if you get the right ones where you can adjust the, uh, you know, up, down, side to side uh, mount on the, the camera. Now you can stick these things uh, many places. You don't have to worry about the, the suction or spitting on the, the plastic cup so it'll hold. <laughs> or even attaching a, uh, a line. That's what I always do on those ones that, uh, that, are, uh, that work off of suction. Because I don't want my camera falling to the ground, and if, I may not be able to find it. Because you know you're you're busy wheeling, you're not looking at the is the camera still attached to the body. You can hold thin things while you weld it too. <laughs> That's true. You really could. So these things are great, uh, and uh, we will have information on where you can find these uh, exactly in our show notes uh, for this episode eight forty one. Well, it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, uh, like the end of the show, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, and every other week, five. And uh, the four episodes are Tuesday through Friday. Every other week was Monday through Friday. Who would have ever thought that would have happened? Uh, Subscribe and never miss an episode. And when I say subscribe, you can subscribe using your uh, podcast player. You can uh, subscribe by using the uh, Jeep Talk Show app on iOS or Android. Uh, And you can also subscribe to our Patreon and help support the show financially. So uh, speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to the show via Patreon. To, uh, the place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and how to contact us is jeeptalkshow.com slash con, uh, contact. I sort of say content, but it's not. It's contact. So uh, the, the interesting thing that I, I didn't mention in our Tuesday episode, Larry, is uh, we are going to be on WWPR 1490 for an, another four weeks. So oh, that's if, nice. If you're in the Sarasota, Florida area, uh, and you happen to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, local time, you can listen to the Jeep Talk Show on your radio. Now, you know, obviously you're a listener here, and you've probably already heard the episode, but how cool is it just to have it coming through your AM radio? If you're a, an old person uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, not necessarily that you're old, but in your 40s or 50s, uh, you remember the AM radio. That was a place to go. And if you had a cheap vehicle, that's all you had to listen to <laughs> was AM radio. Officially on the air. Yeah, officially on the air. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a great Jeep week. And uh, remember, uh, listen to our interviews, uh, our chick chat, and uh, just all the episodes. Oh, and, and of course, uh, don't miss our, uh, our roundtable. We had a great roundtable last week. Broadcasting since 2010.